Welcome back, everybody. It's Encounter with God Time here on The Breakfast Show. As always, when we begin our Bible study, we begin with another question for the quiz, and we also include what you had to say during the first part of the show. Who am I? Cain and Abel are my two sons. Okay, who might that be? If you know the answer, then give us a call and we will put you in the running for an amazing prize. That's right. I just got a text from my friend and she said she's in the draw for the prize. Uh, I'm like, good work, because if we can get these books back to to my church, we'd be super happy. But 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Again, that prize was the Revive Cafe Vegan Cookbooks, Volumes 5 and 6. If you win, you'll be able to make watermelon pizza and no. <laughs> lemon and cashew aioli. Yes, Watermelon pizza? No. Like. No, but it's like... Lemon and cashew aioli? Yes. But, no, it's like, it's not like an, a watermelon on pizza. Oh. You're out of your mind, Lyle. I'm thinking, cut watermelon up, throw it on top of my pizza with, you know, the tomatoes and the uh, cheese and mm-hmm. then thro- throw it in the oven? No, we're no, talking no, about no. cutting slices of watermelon and then decorating them. Ooh. And putting toppings okay. on them and then Name eating them. So mm. good stuff. 0591 is the number to call or text. And make sure you say, may I enter the quiz? All right. So this is what you had to say. Uh, text message here about the big plant in Shark Bay. I was reading about the Shark Bay plant yesterday. We are now like Texas. We have the biggest and the best plant. Agree. Yes. Agree. We're better than Texas. We're better than Texas. Correct. Yep. Lawson will make a... Lawson will make a guinea pig for cancer-killing bugs. Go for it. I'll wait and see if you turn into a new species. And you know why I'll do this? Why is that? Um, because we, want of, you, we want to watch you turn into a no, crocodile. No, because of the precedent that has been set by men of faith in the past. Right. And I think particularly of the group of Seventh-day Adventist men during world during the war, during the World Wars, who yes. volunteered themselves to receive all kinds of deadly viruses to see what the effects would be. So that they could continue. So their, they could save lives. So they could save lives and continue their roles as pacifists during the war. You know that's a really interesting story because Seventh Day Adventists have a long history of non-combatancy mm. in warfare mm. and have served as frontline medics like Desmond Doss, you know, from Hacksaw Ridge movie, etc. But also some of the other roles that they served in are really interesting, such as being human guinea pigs for scientific experimentation to save human life. Yeah. And also um, a large contingent of bomb disposal experts. Mm. You know, they've volunteered for bomb disposal because in bomb disposal you do not have to go into combat and go out. You are there purely to save life, not to take life. That's right. Not many of those guys survived. Yeah. But, hey, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm good to go on these cancer trials. Okay. I'll sign you up. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Conditions of the last generation, the uh, Gallup survey, 2,050, 600% of the population will be identified as it says, the text says, will be identified or acceptance for LGBT. No, that's actually incorrect. I'm going to correct this. By 2056 on the current uh, Gallup survey and current projection, 100% of the population of Western countries will actually be LGBT. Yeah. There won't be everybody. Pretty much everybody is accepting right now. I don't know. You know. I haven't met anybody who's not accepting for a very long time. Probably for the last twenty-five years, I haven't met mm-hmm. anybody that's not accepting of LGBT people. Uh, the issue here is that uh, LGBT uh, practice has been doubling every generation, mm. and so by 2056, 2056 that's one hundred percent. You know, and you know, I think realistically, 
that that figure will at some point start to curve off. Uh-huh. But maybe it won't. I don't know. Yeah. You know, particularly when you look at what the Bible says. God obviously knew what the future held when the Bible was being written. And the other thing that's interesting about this is what does this say about evolution? Because it's about the most, you know, that's actually... Anti, anti-evolution, anti like actually... Yeah. We, okay. more so, so we look at a Japan right now. Yes. And we're worried about Japan because they have such an aging population. Like yes. no one's having kids and they'll cease to exist. The population will halve in the next 80 years. Yeah. And we're like freaking out about Japan because we're like, oh, they need to have more kids. Add this into the mix and it's done in 40 years. Yeah, that's right. It's like, are you enabling that or mm. like. Anyway, what the future held when the Bible. Oh, uh, yeah. God obviously knew what the future held when the Bible was written. I hate to be the people behind pushing this propaganda. What is sad is that they don't care about them. Those pushing it are actually being used uh, for the destruction of biblical morality and last-day events. Mm. Little Blue Shed, what a wonderful ministry. May the Lord bless their ministry. I wonder where the world would be without Christian ministries doing the Master's work for the benefit of humanity. Please support them. Mm. Great text right there. And uh, here we go. Braden. Oh, Braden. Braden. Uh He's going he's gonna to weigh in on this one. Anyway, he, first of all, he says, I pray that God continues to bless Tanya through her amazing mission. Yep, mm-hmm. we all do. I've uh, got that one. But better than Texas, maybe, but can't be better than New Zealand. Oh. What does New Zealand have? What does New Zealand have that's... Okay, actually, they have the tallest building in the Southern Hemisphere. It's Auckland Tower. Have the tallest bungee jumps? Yeah. I've jumped off the Auckland Tower, actually. They have, um, they have a lot of things Australia doesn't They have, have really cold weather. Really tall mountains. Yeah. They actually have a lot of things it's, that Australia doesn't New Zealand have. sounds kind of cool right now. New Zealand is pretty awesome. <laughs> I will admit New Zealand is pretty awesome. I will have to I, I hang my and, head. And I'm going to put it out there. They have a better national anthem than Australia. 100%. The national anthem is called God Defend New Zealand. It's like the greatest thing I've ever heard. Seriously. No. Have you ever heard the New Zealand National Anthem? Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. No. How? How is it better? How is it not Let's better? Get on with our Bible study. How is it not better than Australia? Australia's National Anthem is lame as. I will say it here first. Like, call me unpatriotic. This is treason. But it, it is lame. It's just the law a big. This. It's just a big old brag about how great we are. What kind of National Anthem is that? Moving on with our Bible study. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on with our Bible study, we are getting to into a story that will make the story of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard look lame in comparison. I mean, hey, we've been watching these celebrity couple oh, just, yikes. you know, publicly expose the just the worst ever marriage breakup in recent times mm. and drag each other's lives through the gutter for however many weeks. Glad mm-hmm. it's all over now. Yep. But it doesn't come close to this one. Uh-huh. This one is just, you know, and the thing is, if you read the verses that are preceding this, and, and, and let's back up here a little bit to the end of chapter 33, you've got, you've got Jacob. He's finally at peace. He's been forgiven by God. He's been forgiven by his brother. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in 20 years, he's experiencing a clear conscience. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be amazing for him. He goes down south and he does something that neither Isaac nor Abraham ever did. Buy some land and builds a house. Mm. And builds stockyards. Yeah, all of a sudden he's not a stranger in the land. That's right. Mm. 
He's not a stranger in a sojourner. He's going to put down some roots here. And then uh, we come down to the end of the passage here. Uh, let me see here. He journeyed to Succoth, built a house, um, put in stockyards, etc., and named the place Shalem, mm. peace, because he is now at peace for the first time in his life. Mm. He has at, he has at peace with God. He has at peace with his brothers, with, with his brother, I should say. Uh, there's nothing big happening, and of course, it doesn't last. Yeah. Genesis 34 comes in like this is like this is like one of those yeah just controversial chapters. It is. And what you're going to find is that once again Jacob's chickens are going to come home to roost. Mm. He has been a deceiver and he has modeled that to his children. They all know the story. Mm. And you know, you know how it is with kids, monkey see monkey do. Mm. Kids yeah, oh, okay, let's just let's just read some of this story. It's a it's a shocker. Uh, starting in verse 1, it says, One day Dinah, the daughter of Jacob and Leah, uh, went to visit some of the young women who lived in the area. But when the local prince Shechem, son of Hamor the Hivite, saw Dinah, he seized her and raped her. But then he fell in love with her, and he tried to win her affection with tender words. He said to his father Hamor, Get me this young girl, I want to marry her. Soon Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dinah, but since his sons were out in the fields herding the livestock, he said nothing until they returned. Hamor, Shechem's father, came to discuss the matter with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob's sons had come in from the field, and as soon as they heard what happened, they were shocked and furious that their sister had been raped. Shechem had done a disgraceful thing against Jacob's family, something that should have never been done. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Let's consider... What we have covered so far in the lead up to the story. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. We've got some we've got some backwards and forwards going on here. Mm-hmm. We've got some terrible things happen. So you've got Shechem, the son of Hamor the Hivite, mm-hmm. who meets this young lady and decides that rather than win her affections, he's going to rape her. That's not mm-hmm. really a good way to get a wife. Mm. That's a terrible way to get a wife. He does that, and then he's like, oh, but actually, I love this girl, so I want to marry her. Oh, this is... After you've raped her? This is just like... This is just like... This is like a predator's dream right here. This is... Basically, it's like... Ouch. Oh, like, yeah, I've, I've raped this woman, and now I want to, you know... And I now I to... want to make her live with her rapist for the rest of her yeah, life. This is so terrible. That's awful. Mm. Okay, so then he goes and rather than going out and saying, you know, hey, I'm really sorry for what I did, uh, what can I do to make it right, and then maybe try and win her affections. Mm. I'm a changed man, I'm not the person I used to be, you know. Uh, I think it would be pretty hard to win a young lady's affections after she's gone through a traumatic experience like that. Mm. But none of that, no. He goes to his father and says to his father, hey, can you go to Jacob and can you, can you arrange this for me? And this is one of the big dangers with arranged marriages. You've got arranged marriages in the story of Abraham and Isaac and Rebecca, uh, and Abraham's foreman who goes and arranges that marriage under the guidance of God, and it's a it's a great arrangement. Mm. But you take God out of the equation, and you have some potential for really really terrible stuff. Yeah. And so Jacob hears about it. He doesn't say anything. His sons hear about it. And they're like, 
What do you? And you kind of wonder where did his sons hear about it? Probably from their sister. Mm. Probably their sister comes and says, "Hey, this is what happened to me." Tells a bit of the story, and now this guy's going to try and marry me, and now this is potentially going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it says that they're furious. And so we can already see, like, this kind of rift in the family of, mm. like, yeah, you know, incorrect approaches on both sides. Like, one side doesn't deal, like, doesn't deal with the issue. And the other side here is gearing up. Like, they're furious and angry. Yeah. And they're, it, like, justifiably upset. But at the same time, this is going to lead them to take some very drastic steps. Yes. But I think it's because of that lack of guidance from the father. Like, it's, yeah. Well, the father hasn't kind of really done it. The Bible says he's just held his peace. Mm. Yeah, and, and this is the thing because, you know, Jacob has come down to, the, uh, to this particular area. He's built himself a house. He's established roots. He's settled down. He's enjoying peace, and he wants that peace to stay. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay, but let's it, keep reading. It's definitely it, not it gets worse. Say. It gets worse. Okay, in verse 8, it says, Hamor tried to speak to Jacob and his sons. My son Jacob is truly in love with your daughter. He said, please let him marry her. In fact, let's arrange other marriages too. You give us your daughters for our sons. We'll give you our daughters for your sons. And you may live lo- uh, uh, among us, and the land is open to you. Settle here and trade with us, and feel free to buy property in the area. Then Shechem himself spoke to Dinah's father and brothers. Please be kind to me and let me marry her, he begged. I will give you whatever you ask. No matter of dowry or gift you demand, I will gladly pay it. Just give me the girl as my wife. You know, you can hear a whole bunch of regret and guilt coming through in what Shechem says right here, can't you? Yeah. You know, uh, you, you, you see he's like, yeah, you know, and, and I think that he is, I think that he's genuinely sorry for what he's done and he's trying to make it right and it's one of those things that you can't make it right but this is the best way in his mind that he possibly can and he's like, okay, I'll make whatever sacrifice is necessary. Mm. But at the same time, like for the purpose of gaining Dinah as a wife, Yes. Like he's not like, oh yeah, I will pay I will pay the dowry of her future husband. You know, because I've hurt her. Like I've done the wrong thing. Like he's like if there wasn't her as a future wife for him on the table, I don't know if he would go to these lengths. That's yes. that's the struggle yes. that I have. At the yes, same time, absolutely. if you look at the ancient like if you look at ancient culture and the fact that now she is no longer like a virgin and she's this, not married married marriable. Yeah, the stigma that, that comes, like you could potentially say this is this is merciful, but also like this is a net gain for him. Yeah, because she's been raped in that culture, she can never now never marry. Mm. And so has is is this entrapment? Mm. You know what's 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 going on here, but the fact is that he's like willing to pay any kind of dowry that yep. is asked for. Yeah, uh, and, and they don't ask for a small dowry. And yeah, he's going to put his money where his mouth is because uh, it says. But since Shechem had defiled their sister Dinah, Jacob's sons responded deceitfully to Shechem and to his father Hamor. They said, "Ah, we couldn't have possibly allow this because you're not circumcised. It would be a disgrace for our sister to marry a man like you." But here is the solution. If every man among you will be circumcised like we are, then we will give you our daughters and we'll take your daughters for ourselves. We will live among you and become one people. But if you don't agree to be circumcised, we will take her and be on our way. This is is, is crazy. Okay, so, so they agree to be circumcised and... 
you know, I, I've this raises some question marks in my mind because if I was a rapist and I cared absolutely nothing mm. for the person that I'd abused, would I go through circumcision so that I could then have that person and abuse them for the rest of my life? Mm. I kind of think not, and I think maybe here you've got some evidence of a change of heart in relationship to this young man. What do you think, Lawson? And what do you think, listeners? 0491064669 is the number to call. What, yeah. what, are, what are your thoughts on this? Like the, the, the thing that, that kind of does it for me, and we kind of see this today a lot with like celebrity obsession and whatnot, and it's just the idea that like, I don't know, this guy just seems like a creep. Like he's just going to take whatever he wants. And yeah, sure, like now he's fallen in love with this girl, but it's almost to the point of like obs- obsession. Obsession. Like, and that's scary. And that's how it started, too. Like, because it's like, okay, especially because he, like, chose his target. This wasn't like a, like a, you know, this wasn't something that was, in terms of the person that it was, obviously it was premeditated in the sense that you don't accidentally rape someone, but he knew who this person was. He wasn't just grabbing someone off the street and raping them. No, he knew this person. Yeah, this wasn't a peasant girl. Yeah. He knew. I'm mean, not, not, not saying that that would be any better whatsoever right. at all. I'm just saying in the culture of the time, yeah. he's taking a princess. He is like, from the beginning, he's an obsessed creep who like tracked this chick down like as a predator, like raped her, and then is now wanting to marry her. Like he actually, I think in this, like he's creepy. Like he's just. Okay, but he's willing to go through with circumcision. Yeah, I know. But like, does what that. What kind of person is willing to do that as an adult? An obsessed person. A creepy obsessed person. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my conclusion here. I'm like, this is, this is creepy. Like, like, and, and we see this today. We see this today a lot. Like people b- becoming obsessed with celebrities and the online personalities. This is this kind of behavior is actually very common for guys to exhibit. But I think it's it's common for guys to to actually become obsessed like this because because of that like, you know, I'm not, not going to say this isn't a trait that all, only applies to males and also doesn't apply to females. Um but definitely that that mindset of um you know, the ability that men don't have like to multitask, they're like wholly and solely focused, high risk, high reward type thing. Like I think this is the 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 negative twist on that is being so utterly obsessed with someone. Um, so then he's a really dangerous predator. Yeah, that would you know potentially threaten Dina's life and also and obviously give her a terrible life. Uh huh. So then, how should Jacob and his sons respond? Like. Like, okay, because they're going to respond in a pretty gnarly way. They are. They are. But how should they respond? Because, okay, let's say they just say, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, well, I think that... Is that going to sol- Is that going to stop him from being obsessed? Yeah, well, I think the best way to go about it would be to bring him to justice. Like, and you could do that in a... Okay, but you've got a whole city uh-huh. versus one farmer. Uh-huh. How are you going to bring him to justice? You know, this is this this is the tough thing. Like, uh, is is it, is it possible for some kind of court process to go through? Obviously, we're living in the ancient world here, yeah. Uh, and so maybe not. That's not necessarily possible. But there, you know it, what? It is possible because you can appeal to the king. Guess who the king is? Oh, that's, that's his, his father. That's his dad. Not going to happen. Um, but is the correct solution then giving your daughter to him? He's a dangerous rapist creep. No, like no. So 
so yeah, I think this situation is very difficult. It's very difficult and it's very complex because if you just say, yeah, no, then you're going to have this guy living on your doorstep, living next door, who's obsessed with your daughter yeah. and we know how dangerous obsessed people can become. Yeah. Oof. Love to hear your thoughts on this one. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. One more section of our Bible study to get into. Interesting text message right here. Uh Lawson, what have you got for the next question for our quiz? Uh, The next clue is I named all the animals. Well, I don't know if this is true because my dog is named Ari and I don't remember this person naming it. I'm pretty sure my parents named our dog Ari. Pretty sure this person named your dog Dog. (laughs) <laughs> Potentially. That's so funny. 0491. We used to have a dog named Dog. That's awesome, really. Yeah, absolutely. His name was Dog. I love calling dogs Dog. Yeah. Like, I, I want a dog named Dog. Well, the good thing about it was that anybody who came to visit, you know, because you see a dog, you're like, hey, Dog. Yeah. And the dog was like, this person knows me. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is awesome. That is amazing. 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to the quiz. If you do, make sure you answer and say, may I enter the quiz? And you can go into the draw, which will be drawn tomorrow, to win the Revive Cafe cookbooks, uh, <coughs> volumes five and six. And you will learn how to make, oh, let's see, cranberry and pistachio florentine. And yes, this yes, sounds yes, uh, yes. amazing. Um, let's see. Ooh, Indian sweet potato roast. I, I think I'm like missing a part of it, but it's like a kind of Indian sweet potato roast kind of dish. Yes. So if you like both of those things, yes. 0491-064-669, go into the drawer to win these books. Okay, so coming through from Braden here. Uh, both Shechem and Jacob's sons are in the wrong here. Sure, the Bible seems to imply that his heart has changed, but that does not negate the consequences of his actions. Totally. This by okay. no means justifies Jacob's son's deception. Yeah, I think like all around this is like wrong moves. Yes. 100%. From everybody's perspective. But that's what we're talking Jacob about. Jacob does nothing. Uh-huh. Shechem is obsessed. Uh-huh. Jacob's sons are just like next level. Uh-huh. Anyway. They're plotting to kill this guy. Like, yeah, that's right. That, that's one hundred percent what they're doing. This is premeditated murder where they've planned it, you know, days in advance. Yep. The question is that you brought up before the break is like, what should have they done instead? Yeah, and I okay. So, what should they have done instead? I don't know. Like, I could there could there could be a case to make about them fleeing, but this is their land. Like, this is the land that God has promised them. And when you built a house and bought land, you don't really feel like fleeing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like feel like fleeing from my house right now. It would have been a viable option, one that you know I think would have been relevant. Yeah, my my question is okay. So Dinah is sharing to her brothers and her father that she was raped. My question so is: so Dinah's a victim, and if they flee, then they're all victims. That's right. But I'm thinking, like, does the father of Shechem actually know that? Because it doesn't necessarily say that he does. I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. Mm. And, yeah. Let's just say Oof. this is a terrible situation that, like, that reflects, like, why it would be, you know, later when, when the Israel, Israelites the- come out of Egypt, you know, and they're given a civil law to, to live by and standards to to live by it, it kind of reflects what kind of situations it's quelling, which is this one right here. Whatever should have whatever should have happened, uh-huh. 
it should have been Jacob standing up to protect his daughter. Totally. And potentially laying down his life to protect his daughter. Mm-hmm. That's not what he does. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's uh, let's see here. Ooh, verse seventeen. Let's pick it up from verse seventeen. Verse seventeen. The Bible says, "But if we don't, if you don't agree to be circumcised, we take her and be on our way." Verse eighteen. Hamor and his son Shechem agreed to their proposal, so they're like, "Yep, we're gonna. All of us are gonna get circumcised." Shechem wasted no time in acting on this request, for he wanted da- Jacob's daughter desperately. Obsessed. Obsessed guy. Okay. Shechem was highly respected member of his family, and he went with his father Hamor and presented this proposal to the leaders at the town gate. These men are our friends, they said. Let's invite them to live here among us and trade freely. Look, the land is large and enough to hold them. We can take their daughters as wives and let them marry ours. But they will consider staying here and becoming people with us only if all our men are circumcised just as they are. But if we do this, all their livestock and possessions will eventually be ours. Come, let's agree to their terms and let's settle here. This here. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Verse 23. Shall not their cattle and their substance and every beast that be ours? Uh Uh-huh. Because they're like, yeah, we'll trade with these guys until we get all their stuff. Yeah. Mm, Okay, all right, all right. See what's going on. Yeah, okay, so there is ulterior motive. Well, because ultimately the motive for Shechem himself is Dinah. But the motive for everybody else is trade. That's right. He He's found a way to be able to convince them to go through with the harrowing reality of ancient adult, adult circumcision, yep. which is, yeah, yikes. Okay, verse 24, it says, So all the men of the town of the council agreed with Hamor and Shechem, and every male in the town was circumcised. Okay, so they all get circumcised. Now, this is where the story takes a turn and gets so intense. Another turn. This is this is wild. But three days later, when their wounds were still sore, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, who were Dinah's full brothers, took their swords and entered the town without opposition. Then they slaughtered every male there, including Hamor and his son Shechem. They killed them with their swords and then took Dinah from Shechem's house and returned to their camp. Yeah, and then the sons of Jacob came on the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. Mm. So obviously Simeon and Levi, they go back and they're like, well, there's no men left there. We killed them all. And so then the other brothers are like, well... We'll go and steal all of their stuff. Yeah, verse 28, it says, They seized all the flocks and herds and donkeys, everything they could lay their hands on, both inside the town and outside in the fields. They looted all their wealth and plundered all their houses. They also took all their little children and wives and led them away as captives. Afterward, Jacob said to Simeon Levi, You have ruined me. You've made me stink amongst all the people of the land, among all the Canaanites and Perizzites. We are um, so few that they will join forces and crush us. I will be ruined and my entire household will be wiped out. But why should we let him treat our sister like a prostitute? They retorted angrily. It's a very valid point that Jacob has raised right here. Yeah. You know, because this is going to be seen by the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and so forth as being an honorable gesture. Let's make peace, let's be good friends, let's trade with each other. And they've gone the extra mile about ten times over by being circumcised. Mm. 
and got killed for their efforts and having all of their stuff taken and all of their wives and children taken as and probably sold into mm. slavery and made Jacob very rich. Mm. So this is a really, really, uh, it's a horrific story mm. from a whole bunch of different perspectives. A text message coming through here. Let's just look at, the, look at some other perspectives on this one. Uh, this one says, The Bible does say that he loved her and was willing for himself and all the men to be circumcised, even though his father and men wanted the benefits that Jacob could offer as he was very wealthy. The plan was only was only devised to kill them. Unfortunately, if they didn't kill everyone, they would have revenged themselves. Horrific situation. He should not have raped her. What would you do if your sister was raped, if you lived then? Mm. Yeah. You know, you... The Bible says thou shalt not kill, mm-hmm. and the Bible says vengeance is mine. Mm-hmm. There should be consequences for every evil deed. I get that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they should have done, but I know what they shouldn't have done. They shouldn't have you know, killed everybody in the city. <laughs> yeah. There should have been some, uh, some way of bringing retribution on the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ends up with just being a whole bunch of victims to this whole story that is really, really horrific for a long time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back, guys. It's time for Question of the Day. Before we have Question of the Day, Lawson's going to share a few things in relationship to the quiz. That's right. Okay, let's let's just have a, a few kind of quick recap reminder Colludes. Uh God cursed the ground because I listened to my wife instead of him. Cable and a- Cain and Abel are my two sons. I said Cable. Um, I named all the animals. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know who this is. If you do, you can go into the drawer to win the Revive Cafe Vegan book- Cookbooks, Volumes 5 and 6. Again, that number is 0491-064-669. Make sure you call or text and say, may I enter the quiz? Okay, so somebody texts through to uh, ask, do the guys realise what dog spells backwards? I think that's more appropriate in relationship to cats. But anyway, um, interesting observation here right there. Lawson's still figuring it out. What does cat spell backwards? Tack. Yeah, nothing. Oh. But cats always think that they are God in the house. Oh. Okay. There's anyway. some anti-cat ah, slander going I'm on. All right. right I, okay. I had to do it. I, let's, yeah. have, let's, go, let's have – it must be Right now it's time for – Question of the day. We've got a question here coming in from Karen, and this is very much related to what we've been reading and discussing throughout the book of Genesis. It says, when it, when it says God opened and closed Rachel and Leah's womb, does it mean that God causes infertility? Okay, so there's a couple of questions that jump up straight away. First of all, is it possible for God to cause infertility? Of course, the answer is yes. If God can create the world by speaking it into existence, then he's not going to struggle in uh, stopping somebody from having children if it is in line with his will, that God can make that decision. We also know that infertility can have lots of physical causes. Now, the Bible says that human beings were told and instructed to go forth and to be fruitful and to multiply, and as a result of that, we know it was God's plan for us as human beings to have children. You know, It was God's plan for all of us to have children. And so then we find that infertility is going to be an aberration from the normal. 
mm-hmm. but not an aberration. When you read the Bible, not an aberration that should be, uh, you know, something that we should not expect. You read the Bible, there was lots of people in the Bible who were infertile. This was not something that was uncommon. And so in our world today, we need to recognize that, you know, this is going to be something that's going to be reasonably common because we live in a world of sin. Um, as a result of living in a world of sin, lots of people have all kinds of disabilities and the disability to be able to have a child is just one of a long list that we as human beings have. And of course, it can be exacerbated because it takes two people to make a child and only one has to have a disability in that area for a child not to be produced. On the other hand, we do, and I've spoken to many couples, and maybe you're one of these kinds of couples, where there was nothing physically wrong and children just didn't come. Mm. Year after year after year, nothing physically wrong that any medical professional could identify and children didn't come, so they decide to adopt or whatever it might be. Um, Often, yeah, those children do sort of start to come as a bit of a surprise later in life, and once they start, they seem to continue coming. But we don't know the answer to that. What is actually going on there when we can't see a physical reason? Is it a situation where God has stepped in? And so I think of the situation of a good friend of mine who was adopted. If his parents had been able to have children, he would not have been adopted by those parents. He would not be doing the work that he is today. He would not be serving God in the way he's serving today. And so I can see that God's like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to hold you guys back for a while um, because I need you to adopt this guy over here because he's going to do great work for you. And having done that, okay, so you've adopted him, fine. Okay, now go go ahead and have your own kids. And so this is definitely a situation where, yes, we know that God can Can we judge when God is doing it? No, we can't judge that because we don't know when God is doing it or when Satan is doing it or when it's a physical thing. And sometimes God is saying, you guys are better off without kids. Sometimes God is saying, wait. And then, of course, you know, the majority of the time it's like, go for it, go, go, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with people. Okay, so... There's some thoughts in relationship to that particular question. There brings us to the end of our show. Don't forget to stay tuned. Tazzy Encounters coming up. Fantastic stuff. Don't forget to spend some time with Jesus today. Mm. You need to do it every day. It is the best, the best way to do it, of course, is to start your day with spending time with Jesus. Keep your Bible beside your bed so that you can read it first thing in the morning and you can spend some time in prayer. Even before you open your eyes when you wake up in the morning, you can be talking with Jesus. It is the best way to start your day and it will always give you the strength and courage you need to face whatever you are going to deal with during that day. Don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.